how do companies get better at their marketing? You know, stop wasting time, stop reinventing the wheel, stop recreating assets, you know, just getting better. Welcome to Modern Business Operations, where we talk with leaders about how ops is adapting to our modern world. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Modern Business Operations. Today, I'm joined by Deepak Narasetti. He is the VP of Experience Technology at Merkle. How's it going? Good. Good to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, happy to have you. Before we get into our topic today, and we're going to be talking about operationalizing your marketing tech stack, I just want to do a couple housekeeping notes. So next week, Sagi, our founder and CEO here at Tonkin, will be interviewing Patrick Danielewski. He's a director of information technology at WorkRise. And then the week after that, I'll be sitting down with Danielle Antill. She's a director of legal operations at Bearings, and we're going to be discussing people-focused operations. So lots to come. But today, we're talking all things marketing ops and advancing your tech stack. Deepak, would you like to just start us off by telling everyone a little bit about yourself, your work experience, your background? I work at a company called Merkle. We're a marketing agency. I spent the better part of my career understanding the internet, being part of the internet, growing with the internet. And the last probably 10 years, really focused on data, understanding content, you know, creating engaging experiences. Throughout my career, I've always put myself in the forefront of some of the, the things that we could do online, actually. And so I think I've built a treasure trove of information. I'm just sharing it now, you know, that I'm like, what's my next four years? It's let's share, let's come up with something even more exciting. So much change, you know. Seriously, let's innovate, let's collaborate, and let's take the knowledge that you've collected over your career and just, you know, distribute it to the masses. So I love that. So I want to talk about this article that you published on LinkedIn, and we'll share the the link to that article in the show notes of this episode for anyone listening. But you kind of talk about the changes that have occurred or not occurred in the last two years in marketing operations, and then sort of how people can be optimizing and addressing some of these issues within their marketing tech stack. I want to talk about sort of the past. Like in your opinion, has digital marketing changed much in the last two years and why or why not? When I sat down in December, I was like, I got to really write something about what's going on. It's been two years, you know, 2019 happened. We all know what happened in 2019. 2020 was just the lull. And I'm like, well, we got through 2021. What are we going to do 2022? You know, I stole that, that AKA 2022, you know, T-O-O as an inspiration to why I wanted to write something. I look back, I'm like, what really has happened in the last two years? When I started looking at what happened in the last two years, you know, obviously everyone went digital. The, the entire way we work has changed. Uh, where people are have changed. So like, what are the trends? I'm like, are there really trends though? Is 2022 about trends or is it just like, I think the world has figured out what they need to do from a marketing perspective. So many companies have, have gotten the, the notion that they have to accelerate their digital marketing, right? I decided to write an article that talks about, forget the word, the trend. Let's just talk about digital marketing itself, right? If you step back, it's like, let's define digital marketing. First of all, it's, it's really online marketing. Right, connecting technical media, people on their phones, on their computers, even OTT. If people aren't familiar with that term, it's over the top. So it's like, you know, your Roku's and your Apple TVs. I don't know if uh, a lot of you guys heard recently 
Hulu even released an advertising platform for the regular mom and pops to go in and, and be able to advertise on their platform. So marketing is changing a lot. The medium of marketing has evolved. Actually, when I say marketing changed a lot, the medium of marketing has changed a lot. Right? There's a lot more platforms that are emerging, TikTok, Hulu, even workout platforms like Peloton and Apple Health. And then now we're hearing about the metaverse. I mean, the metaverse is not new. It's just, you know, it's, it's been around. I wrote the article taking a different look at it, trying to explain to people what, why I'm saying that digital marketing hasn't really changed because it's the internet, right? If you look at the, the analogous of driving down a highway, everyone has spent the pandemic driving. We stopped flying. We started driving, right? Started renting RVs and going all over the country. So if you're driving down this highway, all these platforms that are coming at you are like billboards on the road, right? And people are moving through this road. It sort of brought me back to that Wreck-It Ralph scene where Ralph wrecked the internet and he's going down the, the, the roads of the internet city and all these things are flying at him. That's what's happening to us, right? We're kind of in this digital world and things are just flying at us, but we are still driving down the roads. I'm still driving down my, my Instagram road. I'm still driving down my TikTok road. I'm still driving down my Google search road, right? And my Alexa road. And, and billboards are popping up now. And we, as marketers, as digital marketers, though, our job is to capture the driver, right? Motivate the driver, inspire the driver. But it's not just about the driver anymore. I think when you look at what happened in 2019 to 2022, you started to understand that while that, there's a driver, there's also a family in that car. If you're office and coworkers, right? It's you got four people, five people, or nowadays everyone's buying SUVs. So you got seven people sitting in these in these these machines that are driving down this internet highway. So digital marketing is now looking at that landscape of the people driving down this car. But you know what? If you ask me, is the word trend itself in 2022? What is the word? If I have to push the word trend, I think it's companies needed to become more inclusive, right? I don't know if that's a digital problem or it's a content problem. Like DEI is a big initiative and I think people need to focus on the content, but the concept of digital marketing, and we'll get into it a little bit later. I don't, in 2022, I think it's a lot of what we've already been doing for the last five years. We just need to get better at it. Companies need to get better at it. They got to operationally get better at it. And that's where I think the, the real value or, or initiatives are for 2022. How do companies get better at their marketing? You know, stop wasting time, stop reinventing the wheel, stop recreating assets, you know, just getting better. Yeah, 100%. I think it is like all of these tools and information has been created and it's we're almost overwhelmed by it. But then it's like, how do we take a step back? Now is the time to take a step back and really understand how we can utilize these tools in the way they need to be utilized. So how has the pandemic affected digital marketing? Oh, the pandemic obviously has accelerated companies need to become more digitally savvy, right? You see a lot of companies now hiring data officers. They're rethinking their digital media budgets. Even agencies, agencies are now coming out, changing their narrative. They're now like data-driven creative agencies. And you're like, what? Where, where did you come from? What, what, how are you guys using data? But they are. People are getting savvy. They are using, they're, they're trying to find the nugget within companies' data, within social data to say, hey, look, I got an idea for you, Company X. This is how we could sell more skis. This is how we could sell more you know, subscriptions to, to products. I don't think anybody would disagree that a company needs to evaluate their data, focus on content creation and management, you know, like figure out how to better spend their money on emails, banner ads, social posts. They just have to get a better handle of all these billboards, right? If you go back to that analogy, these billboards coming at you. So I think the pandemic has just really accelerated a lot of companies and it started to get them to think, 
do they even have the right teams? Can they operate at the speed that they need to operate? I actually work with a lot of companies. I'm actually giving them job descriptions for what they need to have within their marketing organization, right? How could they be more nimble? Do they have the right team? Can they actually scale and create at the speed that they need to create? You can't wait six months to create something anymore, right? You got to create something constantly going. I'm actually doing a, another talk at the Adobe Summit that's coming up about just all the types of content, right? How much content is out there and the cyclical nature of certain things, as well as the ad hoc nature. It's, it's daunting for marketing organizations. So I think what has changed for the pandemic, people have realized that their marketing teams need to be different. They need to look different. They need to operate differently. 100%. I completely agree. And yeah, I mean, you got to capture that driver, right? Yep. You talk about the importance of having connected digital marketing technology. Can you elaborate on what you mean by that? Yeah. About five years ago, I started thinking about just the ecosystem. Like I was working at a company where you know things were changing. People were like, hey, man, they, they got content management systems here. They got data management systems here. They got all these things. We got to connect them. I got measurement platforms over here. And it was really tough for companies. In fact, it was tough for me. I'm like, man, I got to... Like, you got the spaghetti. I call it the spaghetti warehouse of technology that comes together, right? You used to see these architecture diagrams. These lines would be going all over there, all over the place. And technologists... IT departments would love it because they'd have these massive printouts of these lines going from places. I'm like, it can't be that complicated. So I drafted this thing called the always-on engine, right? The human brain operates very linear in its understanding of things. So I I had to take something that was like this concept and and make it linear. Starts with, let's create a profile, a customer profile, right? You're taking all this data and every company's got first-party data. And it could be as simple as, like a cookie ID to more complex um, as a, like the person's name and, and all kinds of information about that person, right? And then if you have all this data and we call it the unified customer profile, right? Because you're taking all the information and creating that customer profile, then you got to segment it, right? So now that you have all these customers, well, what are my segments? What is this actually telling me? Do I have football players? Do I have moms? Do I have B2B drivers? There's, there's lots of B2B drivers. So all these segments come out. but if you have so much data, there's no way you have three people sitting in your marketing organization, you know, like sitting there looking at all this data and coming up with ideas. You have to automate that, you know, like if you got to really move at the speed and all this data is coming in, by the time those three guys and three women in your organization look through all the data, you know, they've moved on and you got a whole new set of data. So automation is important. Content production. So now that you have created all these segments, how do you create content at that scale? It's daunting for a lot of uh, companies. Because now you just you got to plug, plug, plug. You got to push content out. You got to inspire people, right? How do you make them stop on that billboard and, and be like, "Whoa, that's what I want. I need to buy that." And then you have to create some offers. It's not always about the coupon model. I hate to call out uh, Bed Bath and Beyond, but they, I mean, we used to buy there because of the coupons, right? They used to send you twenty percent coupons, and then you bought, and you got into that model of coupon, coupon, coupon. But if you inspire someone, they'll also buy. Approvals. If you're in healthcare, oh my god, by the time you get something out on healthcare. It's gone through six weeks. You know, the agency that created that and all the energy that they had is dead because you're sitting there for six months waiting for approval. Can't do that, right? And then content scaling, right? Multiple versions. I need my Instagram version. I need my YouTube version. I need my TikTok version. I need my Hulu version. I need all these different versions. By the time that gets through certain companies, they're like, they're exhausted already. It's now been like five weeks and they're still trying to pull all that information together. So the connected digital marketing system is a way to connect all these things that happen 
It's people process technology. A lot of it is technology coming together. We need to start making technology work for us. We can't be slaves to this technology. We need it to work for us. And I also see what's happening is that there's so many companies out there. You, you guys have seen that MarTech thing that, that people put out, right? It's like that big splash of all the logos of all the companies, even with a magnifying lens nowadays. Back in the day, I used to be able to check it out, right? You, you could see it. It's small. Like 10 years ago, now, even with a magnifying lens, I can't make out any of these logos because there's just so many companies and companies have so much of the technology. I've gone into certain companies to look at their stack and I'm like, wait, you have four things doing the same thing. Like, why do you need four technology platforms doing the same thing, right? And I got to click into this. I got to click into that. I got to click into there. It's analysis paralysis. So when I created this engine, the concept, it's like, hey, let's simplify. There's certain things that you need in that diagram, right? Please do go to the, to the article, check out the diagram simplify the concept. If you could checkbox each one of those things, then you've created a connected digital marketing platform that'll scale for you. Oh, yeah. by the way, and all of this, right? It needs to be real time. It can't be things that you activate six months from now, 10 months from now. The world has changed in like two weeks. I love what you said about automation because I think that with marketing, especially with content creation, if you don't have the right level of automation in that process, it's never going to yeah. be scalable. It's never going to be sustainable. Yes. 100%. This episode is brought to you by Tonkin. Tonkin is the operating system for business operations, providing businesses with the building blocks to orchestrate any process with no code or change management required. Contact us at tonkin.com to learn how you can build complex processes fast. And if you're interested in staying up to date on all things business operations, join the Adaptive Ops community at operations.community. Yeah, let's talk about this checklist. So you have a checklist for companies to check how far they progress from 2019 to now in understanding, perfecting, and operationalizing their marketing stack. So what are some of the most important items on that checklist for anyone who's listening in? And again, We'll have that article in the show notes with the checklist as well. And then how many items are on the checklist and sort of, you know, where can people find it? I guess I've already clarified that. But when I started thinking about it, I'm like, what do I keep hearing all the time? What do I keep advising people on all the time? There are about like 19, 20 items on that list. And if you go through it, uh, it, it aligns with the, the diagram of the always on engine, right? You start with the left, which is your data, and you work your way all the way through. What is the most important? I don't know, because it kind of builds upon each other, right? Each piece is necessary to do the next piece. And if you don't have the piece before it, then you can't do the next piece correctly, right? Or, or effectively. So it starts with like getting the data. It can't take you months to get your data together. I remember working for a really large telco. Goodness, by the time we were able to get all the data in one place, just thought about it was three months. And then we had to go in and do this crazy massive exercise to clean it up. And even when we cleaned it up and brought it in, it was like all kinds of errors, there are so many tools now that, that understand and clean data and bring data in. It's very important. And big organizations do have it, right? But little organizations, medium-sized companies, they don't have this, the ability. They got to really get their uh, handle on data. And then when you do that, then obviously audience discovery and automation, we talked about, Brianna, like automation. If you could bring automation into this, it'll help small organizations figure things out, right? And content creation. So many people undervalue content creation. You know, like we have the the old world style, or it's not old world, it's still true, right? You know, 35,000 words in an article gets you SEO. You got to write the article. So you, you know, you hire copywriters and they write the article. But content is not just about one article. It's about the stories, right? A big sneaker brand that I was working with, 
their content calendar is insane. They're spending a lot of money inspiring athletes. And when you inspire athletes, you inspire their products, right? It's like, I'm not sitting there going, I need to buy a soccer cleat. I'm sitting there thinking, I need to be Ronaldo. You know, I need to be like these guys. How do I become these guys? Well, I got to go buy all of these products from this company to become these guys. So I could do the training that they've just created this whole snippet of content about. And then email, email, email. You know, obviously email is not going away. It's crazy how much time I spend deleting email during Thanksgiving, you know, because your inbox is just cluttered with the same, same, same. I call it the sea of the same. People have to get away from the sea of the same. But I do open the emails that are creative. I open the emails that have cool little animated GIFs. I open those emails that say something different and do something different, right? Versus just like the stale thing, you're like, all right, whatever. Let's not forget the walled gardens. You know, obviously those are those are very important. You have to have a strategy for them. They they work. I mean, people buy off of Instagram ads. People get inspired. People buy off of what they see in TikTok. It's like now on YouTube, there's that whole video of how to make miniature food and all the toy companies selling miniature products. Could you just imagine what you need? I mean, come on. It's content that's that's engaging, right? So yeah, you got to bring all these things together. The checklist is a great way to help you understand where you are in the process and where you can spend the effort and energy towards, you know, because if you bring all of this together, it works. Yeah. I mean, I reviewed the checklist and I completely agree just from a marketing perspective. So if people do not check off the majority of those items, what does that mean for their organization? You have to look at what, what companies are doing well. If they don't have everything, they're probably focused on one thing, right? And that is that is important. You got to be a master of one. But the competition is the competition. Everyone's doing the same thing, right? So you need to be better than the competition. And I think with the, the third-party cookie problem everyone's going to be facing, you got to develop your first-party data strategies, right? So you have to create engaging experiences on your website. Can't be stale anymore. People go to your website to get information. People go to your website to be inspired. And if it's just stale... And old school e-commerce, right? All these products just coming at you without it telling you what to do with these products, how to engage with these products. What else can you do? You know, like Yeti did an incredible job. Yeti came out of nowhere and took out all these big companies, right? So they started with just engaging content on social media. And now they've done this. Everyone's caught up. And now Yeti's like, wait, I got to talk about my my data. I got to spend my energy in, in the right location. So I don't know if companies can afford not to check off these boxes on the checklist anymore. People are loving what you're saying. We have a live audience. So people are typing away and saying, oh, man, in the chat here. I just want to let anyone listening in in on that. Moving on, what what's the most important thing to address on the checklist? It's the ability for you to manage your data, being able to get insights out of your data. I think a lot of people just focus on data, data, data. But I need to get something out of my data. I need to get an insight out of my data. We were working with a, it was a restaurant brand. And I love telling the story. I don't want to use their name, but it was a restaurant brand and everyone goes there and we were like seeing check sizes for $14, right? A couple of team members are like, what is this $14 check size? And they're like, well, they did some research and the insight that they gleaned from it was that people were going to this restaurant, grabbing a drink before they went home. And so we created this segment called the One Drink Customer and come up, came up with this whole campaign of like, all right, if you're going to go to the restaurant and get one drink to decompress, well, why don't you order food on the app? And while you finish your drink, you'll get the food, right? So we've increased the check size. So just concepts like that about gaining insights and taking advantage of an insight and doing more with it, that's where you need to do it. It's not just about like, great, I got all this data. And then my data analyst teams are saying, I got to take this 10th decile and this decile of customers and I got to push them a whole bunch of standard emails. 
that is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about understanding and gaining insights here so that your agencies or your your own internal marketing team could create one-offs that differentiate you from your customers, right? I mean, are you competitors, sorry. You know, and there are a lot of competitors. You know, there's multiple places I could go eat. There's multiple places I could go buy sporting goods. Like there's multiple places I could go stay at hotels and whatnot. It's now time for questions. So let's start off with Kate. Kate says, with the pressure to create so much more content at scale so much more quickly, how important is it for marketers to understand which content is resonating and which content is being used, not used? And how can they do that today? You know, you're driving this content to your own properties, right? And so it's important for the analytics to talk about the engagement of that content. If it's not engaging, the content is not bad. It's just certain things that are probably not right with the content, right? So you should be able to tweak that content. If you have a team that's really focused on understanding, right? We launched this content. We uh, we published a webinar. How can we get more legs out of that? You got to have the connected analytics platform that's in real time, that's measuring the effectiveness of the content, even to the level of like, if I have a video, knowing where the drop-offs are on the video, we have a lot of knowledge now of the type of information people consume, the amount of time people consume those, those things. You already informed with a lot of lot of information about how to create the content. And when you put the content out, this real-time analytics needs to come back from your video platform, from your website platform, so that you know it's like, hey, this is not working. Let's tweak it. Let's change it. And if you could change it quickly and get get it out there, then your content's working better for you, right? Now you have the second leg, the third leg for that content to do something. We had a question from Vanessa. Brianna, where can we access the checklist article that is being referenced? For the live audience, I just posted a link to the article in the chat. And then for anyone listening in on the podcast, it will be in the show notes for you to reference. So thanks for asking that, Vanessa. Are there any other questions from the audience? We've got a big group here listening in live. And you've got Deepak here. It is his literal job to consult on marketing. (laughs) <laughs> so you have free access to that right now. So I would recommend taking advantage of it for anyone listening in live. We've got someone typing in the chat here right now. But while we wait for them to ask that question, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you if they want to follow up? Yeah, I think LinkedIn, you know, it's a great, great medium. I'm always out there. I haven't done much on Twitter, but Twitter seems to be a, a better platform. I don't know. What do you recommend, Brianna? Where should I spend my time focusing on my media? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, LinkedIn's always a great place, right? And that's where you're you're publishing your articles, yeah. etc. We got to get you in our adaptive ops community as well, so that people can mm-hmm. slack you there. And yeah. anyone who's not a member of the adaptive ops community, it is our operations cross-functional community that we here at Tonkin run. And it's a way for you to connect with marketing ops folks, anyone else in the operations world. So you can either go to tonkin.com slash adaptive ops or just go to operations.community and you can access it there. We got a question from Rafi. Do you have a standard recommended marketing department roles and number of people? Yes, we do. One of the things that I try to push for being able to be more nimble is an agile marketing team. And there is a makeup of what the right agile marketing team is, right? I'll, I'll put an article out to that or send me an email or, or connect with me on LinkedIn I can give you jobs, job descriptions, roles, what what makes up a proper agile marketing team. And it can go small or as, as big as you want to, right? But the, the concept is you take the small Skunk Works team and you focus them either on the channel or on a particular content initiative, right? And then they just, they, they operate. And then if you need two, three, four, five, six pods, you just create that from that perspective and scale. 
It's also easier to, from a management perspective to manage the pods, to keep them focused on certain initiatives, and you'll see growth. You'll see growth and excitement, and, and it works. Yeah, I love the Skunk Works reference. Rafi, hope that answers your question. Thanks for asking it. Very good question. With that, I think we're all out of questions. And so I really appreciate everyone here who's listening in live. I appreciate anyone who's listening after the fact. And most importantly, Deepak, I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to to chat to our marketing ops audience. You're going to get a lot of LinkedIn messages, I think, after this. So <laughs> I hope so. It's great, guys. And I love talking about this topic. I love connecting on it. Thank you so much, Brianna, for having me. And, and thank you so much for everyone's support. Thank you so much. Have a great day. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Modern Business Operations. You can see the show notes and all of the resources mentioned in today's episode at tonkin.com slash mbopod. Thank you for listening and be sure to subscribe for updates on future episodes. 